This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. The only racism surrounding the Sandra Bland case is the reaction toward me in terms of my analysis of that traffic stop down in Texas by the Texas State Trooper, the reaction of black people toward me was racist. Welcome to the program. Let's start here. There have been 64 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty so far in 2015, a 3% increase over the same period last year. It's important to note that 30 of those officers, nearly one half, were killed in what some would call routine traffic stops. First of all, as a 37-year career law enforcement officer, let me say this right out of the gate. There is no such thing as a routine traffic stop. And as a cop, when you start to approach any aspect of police work as routine, you are headed to a very dark place that may very well get you killed. Now, you might be asking yourself, why am I talking about police officers and traffic stops? Well, there's this case out of Texas. Many of you may have heard of it. It's uh, national news, the riot starters, as I call them, the Black Lives Do Not Matter crowd. I've renamed them riot starters are all over this case trying to find some racism or uh, police wrongdoing. Another one of those tragic situations. It really was. This was a woman from Chicago who was pulled over for a traffic violation by a uh, Texas state trooper. And the trooper gets out of the uh, his squad. He approaches his car. And the video's out there. You may have seen it. But in a very calm and polite manner, he explains to Sandra Bland why he stopped her. First, he asked for her driver's license, registration. You know how that goes. Then he returns to his cruiser to do what an officer does. He runs a wanted check, license and registration check. Then he goes back up to the car, to Sandra Bland's car, to apparently issue her a written warning for failure to signal a lane change. That's what he stopped her for. No big deal, but apparently it was to Sandra Bland. Earlier in the dash cam video, if you watch it, and I have numerous times, the trooper could sense that she was irritated. He even asked her by saying, you seem irritated. And she said, I am irritated. Something to that effect. And she indicated she was upset that she got pulled over to begin with. Now keep that in mind. Because that will be key in my experience to where I'm going with this. She was irritated simply for being pulled over. Hypersensitive to being pulled over. We hear that all the time. Driving while black. No, she was pulled over for a traffic violation. I don't care how small it was. It was a legal justification to pull her over. So the trooper goes back up to the car. He's explaining the situation and politely asks her to put out her cigarette. I don't know how, why, why he did. Maybe he doesn't like cigarettes, smoke being blown in his face. I don't know. But he simply asked Sandra Bland to put out her cigarette while he explained what he was going to do. 
Why was that a big deal to Sandra Bland? Now keep in mind, she was already irritated. She told the trooper she was. She was loaded for bear the minute he pulled her over for a lawful reason. Look, when you get pulled over by a law enforcement officer, the officer's in charge. And she didn't like this. She was not going to give this trooper the respect he is due as an authority figure. We've seen this common thread wind through every one of these deadly encounters between black motorists and law enforcement officers. Now, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, why do these things continue to draw national attention? Well, they do because, like I said, these riot starters are trying to use this, all of these situations, all of these police encounters, as a political construct to build momentum to energize and turn out the black vote for the Democrats in the 2016 presidential election. Remember, Saul Alinsky says that the issue is not the issue. The issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution to gain and keep power. Because that's what the 2016 elections are going to be about. Power. The issue for the left with the black vote is, can we keep them on our side? Can we keep them energized? This, folks, is at the heart of this war on police political construct. And the lie that the Black Lives Matter or riot starters, as I now call them, really care about. The left doesn't care about black lives. Example, let's look at Planned Parenthood. Do you have any idea how many black babies Planned Parenthood murders per year? I've seen the figure 90,000 black babies a year are aborted in the United States every single year. But I digress for a minute there. Back to Sandra Bland. The trooper at this point is still calm in his demeanor, right? He's explaining, walks up to the car and says, Ma'am, could you put the cigarette out? And after she refused his request to put out the cigarette, he calmly asks Sandra Bland to get out of the car. He says, okay, step out of the vehicle. That's a lawful command. And I want to emphasize, she flat out refused. Now let me stop here and talk about this important little thing called the rule of law. Because that's where we're going here. I have heard from a lot of the cop haters, the blowhards who maintain that this Texas trooper had no right to order Sandra Bland out of her cop. I've been hearing it all week. Well, let me read, for the record, from a United States Supreme Court case on this very situation, whether a law enforcement officer can order a person out of their car at a traffic stop. The case is Pennsylvania versus Mims. It's 1977, I believe. This is the case where an officer made a, a lawful traffic stop and asked the driver to get out of his car. The driver in that case 
got out, and the cop noticed a bulge in his waist. This is kind of the context. So the officer went and patted this individual down for his protection under Terry v. Ohio, the rule of law, for his protection, and he discovered a handgun which was unlawfully possessed by this driver, and he arrested the driver. The driver ends up contesting the uh, finding of the gun, claiming that the, uh, the cop in that case had no legal reason for having him get out of his car during the traffic stop. And here is what the court ruled on whether a cop can get you out of your car during a traffic stop. And before we go on from that majority opinion, it was a 6-3 to three decision. Let's kind of end this segment here because I don't want this part of it cut off. This, is, this, this part's real important. The rule of law. What does the rule of law say about whether or not a law enforcement officer on a traffic stop can ask you to get out of your car? The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. Buck Sexton. So President Obama got his deal with Iran, and now the question is, will the Congress do anything about it? They have a review period, and they have the possibility, if they get a lot of votes together in both the House and the Senate, to deny this deal. President Obama says he'll veto anything short of an override. So what does that mean? We'll talk about it today at noon on the Buck Sexton Show. Buck Sexton, weekdays noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. So I want to pick up here on this United States Supreme Court decision. Pennsylvania versus Mims, 1977. We're talking about the Sandra Bland traffic stop down in Texas by this Texas state trooper. We asked her to get out of her car, and she refused, and uh, she was resisting arrest. And there's been all this talk from the riot starters about uh, not whether or not they're claiming he had no reason, no legal justification to ask her to get out of her car. So I want to read from the majority opinion. In this case, the touchstone of our analysis under the Fourth Amendment is always the reasonableness in all of the circumstances of the particular government invasion of a citizen's personal security. Reasonableness, of course, depends on a balance between the public interest and the individual's right to personal security, free from arbitrary interference by law enforcement officers. In this case, Unlike Terry versus Ohio, there is no question about the propriety of the initial restrictions on respondents' freedom of movement. Respondent was driving an automobile with expired license tags in violation of the Pennsylvania Motor Vehicle Code. Deferring for a moment the legality of the frisk, once the bulge has been observed, we need presently deal only with the narrow question of whether the order to get out of the car issued after the driver was lawfully detained was reasonable and thus permissible under the Fourth Amendment. This inquiry must therefore focus not on the intrusion resulting from the request to stop the vehicle or from the latter pat-down, but on the incremental intrusion resulting from the request to get out of the car once the vehicle was lawfully stopped. 
Placing the question in this narrowed frame, we look first to that side of the balance which bears the officer's interest in taking the action that he did, and that is the please step out of the car. The state, this would be Pennsylvania, freely concedes the officer had no reason to suspect foul play from the particular driver at the time of the stop, there having been nothing unusual or suspicious about his behavior. It was apparently his practice to order all drivers out of their vehicles as a matter of course whenever they had been stopped for a traffic violation. The state argues that this practice was adopted as a precautionary measure to afford a degree of protection to the officer and that it may be justified on that ground. Establishing a face-to-face confrontation diminishes the possibility, otherwise substantial, that the driver can make unobserved movements. This, in turn, reduces the likelihood that the officer will be the victim of an assault, in other words, an ambush. As we have specifically recognized, the inordinate risk confronting an officer as he approaches a person seated in an automobile, according to one study, approximately 30% of police shootings occurred when an officer approached a suspect seated in an automobile. Now you see why I read that, read that, that, that um, uh, piece of data in the beginning of this program? That of the 64 officers killed in 2015 in the line of duty, 30 of those were during traffic stops. Back to the opinion. We are aware that not all of these assaults occur when issuing traffic summons, but we have before expressly declined to accept the argument that traffic violations necessarily involve less danger to officers than other types of confrontations. Indeed, it appears that a significant significant percentage of murders of police officers occurs when the officers are making traffic stops. Let me stop here a minute. That's what I was getting at when I talk about these blowhards. Talking about Sandra Blanche, she didn't uh, uh, exhibit any danger. It doesn't matter. What matters is what the officer believes in conducting this traffic stop. He's aware of stuff that these blowhard riot starters and Sandra Bland are not. That according to this decision, 30 percent of police officer shootings occur when a police officer approaches a suspect seated in an automobile. These are high-risk stops. I don't care that the violation was for failure to change to signal upon changing a lane. Cops view this as this is a traffic stop and these are high-risk stops because I don't know what I have here. Back to the decision. The hazard of accidental injury from passing traffic to an officer standing on the driver's side of the vehicle may also be appreciable in some situations. Rather than conversing while standing exposed to moving traffic, the officer prudently may prefer to ask the driver of the vehicle to step out of the car and off onto the shoulder of the road where the inquiry can be pursued with greater safety to both. Now you remember, if you go back to this video, and you have to watch the video, but do it, do it after this. When the officer first approaches the vehicle, he approaches on the curb side. Why? So he doesn't get clipped off while conducting a traffic stop, an oncoming traffic. He's standing in, in, in traffic. But if you notice when he went back to the car to issue the warning and he wanted to have her sign the, the written warning, he has to do that now from the driver's side that puts him at risk. And the longer he's standing in that roadway, 
the more risk he is exposing himself to. Back to the decision here. Against this important interest, we are asked to weigh the intrusion into the driver's personal liberty, occasioned not by the initial stop of the vehicle, which was admittedly justified, but by the order to get out of the car. We think this additional intrusion can only be described as de minimis. That means no big deal. The driver is being asked to expose to view very little more than uh, of his person than is already exposed. The police have already lawfully decided that the driver shall be briefly detained. That's the traffic stop. The only question is whether he shall spend that period sitting in the driver's seat of his car or standing alongside it. Not only is the insistence of the police on the latter choice not a serious intrusion upon the sanctity of the person, but it hardly rises to the level of a petty indignity. And Sandra Bland thought this was indignant. What is at most a mere inconvenience cannot prevail when balanced against legitimate concerns for the officer's safety. Boom. That means that a law enforcement officer on a traffic stop at any point can ask you, to get out of your car. And he did so politely the first two times. All right, step out of the car. She has to get out. And if she doesn't get out, she's going to have to be made to get out reasonably. What do I mean by that? You can't shoot him to get him out. That's not reasonable. But now he knew this officer, this Texas trooper, knew he was going to have to potentially use force to get her out of that vehicle. And he went to an intermediate weapon. Now we're talking about the force continuum. So there it is. An officer can, under the rule of law, order you out of your car during a traffic stop. I don't care how indignant Sandra Bland may have felt by being ordered to get out of her car. She had a duty to comply with that Texas trooper's lawful command to get out of her car so he could complete this lawful contact. Now, here's how a cop thinks. Remember, cops have to stay in a state of hypervigilant for survival. To counter surprise attacks on their person. We call it officer safety. That's the first thing that we think about anytime there's an interaction in police work, whether you're sent to call for service, traffic stop, what have you. So we're going to end this segment here, and I'm going to get into the other aspects of this stop on the other side. Uh, I think you'll find some things fascinating here as well. David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. The notion that he is a hero, to me, is indisputable. To say that he's not is an important mistake of fact. To say it glibly and with cruelty does not speak well of someone. And do I think 
that Donald Trump or anyone else ought to apologize? Yeah, I do. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. So we just finished reading from the United States Supreme Court case, Pennsylvania versus MIMS, 1977, on whether a law enforcement officer can order a driver or the passengers out of a car in a traffic stop. That's at the heart of this from the uh, riot starters perspective, that they had no right to, or he had no right to ask her to put her cigarette out. He didn't have a lawful right to ask. It was, it was required. Could you put that cigarette out while I do this here? But then they're also claiming he had no right to get her out of her vehicle, ask her to get out on her own or forcibly remove her. And according to the Supreme Court decision, yes, the officer does have that right. So I'm going to go back to the stop now. What I want you to do, I really want you to go back now with with, with what I'm telling you and how I'm breaking this down. I want you to go back and watch the video of that stop. Uh, Just go to YouTube. And notice at the start of the dash cam video, the first thing the officer does when he approaches Sandra Bland's car, watch his left hand. He reaches down nonchalantly to check the trunk lid to make sure that it is not a jar and that some guy can push it open and ambush the officer. I'd be willing to bet none of you saw that when you first saw the video. You may have to watch it even after watching it a second time. So and the reason I point that out is from the very beginning, this from the very onset of the stop, this officer is in hyper-vigilance mode, officer safety mode. He's using his training to keep from being ambushed. Remember I said he stops his car, he doesn't know what he has? So there's certain things an officer has. I'm just trying to give you the perspective from the law enforcement officer, because we never get to hear this. The reason why we never get to hear it is because the officers don't have any voice in this situation. After these things happen, we only hear from the riot starters. We only hear from the blowhards, the know-nothings, about what an officer should or shouldn't be doing when they've never done this work. So let's get back to the stop. So the trooper orders Sandra Bland out of her vehicle, Calmly at first, and then he shouts the command. Nothing wrong with that tactically. Because when she refused, I was thinking, as a cop, does she have a weapon or some other contraband inside this car that she may use against me or she's trying to hide? I'm thinking officer safety. I asked her to just step out of the car and she wouldn't. That's a red flag to an officer. You're not getting any compliance. This thing can go to hell in a hurry on you. Like the Mike Brown situation. He Remember, Darren Wilson just said, hey, get out of the road. Simple request. Next thing you know, he's fighting this guy to retain his weapon. It can happen that fast. So, look, she's coming out of that car once he orders her to. He gave her a chance to comply with his lawful command, and she refused. Now this trooper or any other law enforcement officer can use 
forced to get her out of the car. Now, some of you even listening here, you might not like that. You, you might not say, you might say to yourself, well, you know, is this necessary? That may be valid. You can ask that question. I'm trying to walk you through it here. Because the United States Supreme Court also says we can't view this in 2020 hindsight and it can't be what you would have done or what somebody else would have done, somebody sitting in an office. It's with what this officer did at the scene based on what he or she was presented with. Is it reasonable? That's the test, not what you would do, not what the riot starters uh, think this cop should do. So my response to, you know, was all this necessary? The rule of law must prevail, and officer safety is paramount. Once he says, step out of the car, guess what? All bets are off, and she must step out of the car, or she will be forcibly removed from the car. So in watching this video, I counted 49 times, and I probably missed some, that Sandra Bland was issued a lawful command during this confrontation with this Texas trooper, and she flat out refused, even kicking the officer at one point. You know, I'm really getting tired of people who want to dismiss the behavior of people like Mike Brown, who was trying to disarm a law enforcement officer, Eric Garner, who was resisting arrest, Freddie Gray, who fled from the police, the height of, of, of suspiciousness, by the way, according to the Supreme Court, when you flee an officer. And now Sandra Bland, and, and what people want to talk about is what the police should do. It's always second-guessing the American police officer. Well, the police officer could have done this. Well, why did the police officer have to do that? Especially people, like I said, who have never done police work a day in their lives. You know, all I ever hear is uh, de-escalate. The officer should have de-escalated the situation. Yeah, reasonably. I expect the cop to make a reasonable attempt to de-escalate in these situations. I said reasonable, folks. And when that doesn't work, I expect the officer to go into arrest mode. Like Thomas Sowell, the great mind author and thinker, said about using reasonable force when officers have to defend themselves and take somebody into custody. Here's what he said. Writer and author Thomas Sowell says that if people who are told that they are under arrest and who refuse to come with the police cannot be forcibly taken into custody, then we don't have the rule of law when the law itself is downgraded to suggestions that no one has the power to enforce. Sowell further points out that for people who have never tried to take into custody someone resisting arrest, to sit back in the safety and comfort of their homes or offices and second-guess people who face dangers inherent in that process, dangers for both the officer and the person under arrest, is yet another example of the irresponsible self-indulgences of our time. Now, some of you may disagree with that. But again, I'll refer you back to the rule of law because with the rule of law, or without the rule of law, I should say, without the rule of law, we do not have a democratic state. So again, if you're stopped by a law enforcement officer, comply with the lawful command 
and grieve it later. If you think you've been wronged or unfairly treated, grieve it later. Do not resist arrest. Do not fight the police because you cannot and you will not win. Now, let me touch on this. Can an officer, from time to time, can you be confronted by officers who are indignant? Yes. Unprofessional? Yes. Act outside the code of conduct that we have? Yes. Overbearing? Yes. Then you grieve it later. You do not try to resolve that particular indignant uh, response you might get on the scene. It, it, it's it's a no-win situation, and I'm, I'm going to say this over and over and over and over again. The way to reduce the likelihood of a deadly encounter with the police or to force the police to use some sort of, of, of heightened um, force in this situation, then comply. Comply with the law enforcement officer's lawful command. Get through the traffic stop. Get through the field interview stop. Whatever happens, take your, your citation or if you get arrested and grieve it later. It is not worth it. It's not worth trying to take on a law enforcement officer on the street. You will not win. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. My house is strewn with just things my wife decided she wanted to do and then didn't follow through on. My mom was, same thing. My dad put up with this stuff and my mom was prolific with failed hobbies. I mean, when it comes to failed hobbies, she was quite a success. She was, I mean, if her hobby is failed hobbies, she stuck to it. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. started out the, uh, the program talking about how the only racism involved in this traffic stop by this Texas trooper where he pulled over Sandra Bland for a traffic violation. Uh, she was ultimately placed under arrest and conveyed to the county jail. And several days later, while awaiting processing or arraignment or whatever, uh, she apparently, according to the medical examiner's report, took her own life. Tragic situation like all of them are. Well, that's totally separate away from this this traffic stop that I spent some time walking you through. And I appeared on the uh, uh, Kelly Files with Megan Kelly to give my analysis of this situation and what I thought about it from a law enforcement officer's perspective and from the rule of law. So I want you to listen to this and then I will uh, show you the black racism involved in it. Here we go. Here now, Sheriff David Clark of the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Sheriff, good to see you. So this, the, the first part of this case occurred when they stopped her 
for, for a lane change, an illegal lane change. And the confrontation between this woman and the, and the state trooper got ugly. He told her to put out her cigarette. She said, I don't have to. He told her to get out of the car. She refused. It went up and up and up and up. And suddenly she gets arrested and finds herself, after a, a pretty violent confrontation there on the sidewalk, finds herself in jail for three days for a, a traffic infraction. That's the first part of the case that people who are critical have problems with. Do you defend the officer? Oh, wholeheartedly uh, at the stop. This is another classic, classic case where a uh, citizen did not comply with a law enforcement officer's lawful commands. I watched the video several times. I counted 49 times that that officer gave a lawful command and it was disregarded. In fact, uh, from the time that he pulled that car over, he was very personable, he was calm, he was polite, he called him several times, and he could sense that she was irritated and he asked her. She was loaded for bear from the time that she uh, pulled over. I expect under those situations an officer to make a reasonable attempt to de-escalate a situation, but not to put uh, him or herself in harm's way in doing it. So once that fails, I expect an officer to go into arrest mode, and that's what he did. And once you go into arrest mode, you get to move up on the force continuum. It's no longer verbal commands. You can use intermediate weapons. He chose a taser. I don't have a problem with him uh, using the taser. His choice of words, I'm going to light about, her up. But, but you know, what about, we train. yes, because he says to her, I will light you up. And he's, you can hear him shouting at her when she's, she's getting upset because she doesn't know why she's getting threatened and getting told that she's under arrest for a traffic infraction that isn't that big a deal. I understand, but she still has to comply with his lawful commands. You comply and you grieve later. Look, once he was talking very calmly when he said, get out of the vehicle. When that doesn't work, an officer is allowed to raise the level. In other words, become more vocal in terms of giving out those commands. Look, you know, what we train officers to say when they're going to use a taser is, do X or I'm going to tase you. But I'm not going to get hung up on that. I was more appalled by the language she was using with an authority figure. She'd have been my daughter. I'd have been embarrassed at the kind of language that she was using on the scene. Look, she did some things that caused an officer to have to move up in terms of uh, his response to keep her safe, and to keep himself safe. It's unfortunate that the uh, autopsy report, you know, the manner of death is suicide. It's unfortunate that, uh, according to the ME's report, or coroner's report, depending on what state you're in, you know, that she, uh, it looks like she took her own life. I don't know the reasons for that. I'll allow the medical uh, people to, to deal with that thing. But once again, the bottom line for me, and all these cases that, that you and I, Megan, have talked about nationally, you have an obligation to comply the law enforcement officer's lawful commands. Look, he was going to give her a warning, for heaven's sakes. It's just a good policy. Just even, even if you know the cop is in the wrong, comply and complain later. Sheriff, good to see you. Thank you, Megan. So now after hearing that, here's some of the um, letters I received, email, uh, through my website, The People Sheriff. First one. Dear David, I couldn't even bring myself to call you Mr. Clark. You are a sorry excuse for a man, an African-American man at that. You are a whitewashed piece of <laughs> Pardon my language. I should have uh, qualified that. I'm just going to read this directly, all right? We're not going to sugarcoat uh, this stuff here. I'm going to show you how vile this gets, though. I watched your interview on the Sandra Bland issue on Fox and almost punched a hole through my TV. He, he spells hole, W-H-O-L-E. Who raised your coon black You said that Ms. Bland was completely in the wrong and that the officer used appropriate force in that matter. 
that Miss Miss Bland was disobeying a lawful command. The lawful command was to get her out of her car. An officer must have the cause to make such a request, which he's wrong. You dumb officers forget that just because you enforce the law does not mean you are above it. You're a citizen just like me. And if an officer command commands violates my rights as a citizen, by law, I do not have to comply. He's wrong there. So once he reached for her arm and yanked her out of the car, he broke the law. He unlawfully drew a taser on a woman, a black woman, and your whitewashed house approved of it. You counted 49 times you made a lawful command. Did you count the amount of times Ms. Bland asked why she was being arrested or how many times he failed to answer her? No, you are a disgrace to the Milwaukee Police Department, first of all, the Milwaukee County Sheriff, different organization, and a white stain on the black community. You can believe your white peers and colleagues or your friends if you want to, but they won't hesitate to shoot down your 17-year-old grandson or slam your 28-year-old niece's head into the ground. You think that because a white man wears blue, you can wear blue and be accepted. You're a joke. To them, behind your back, you are just another a house at that. You have a good one and you very much. That's one of them. Here's another one that came in. This one is from JRU, J-R-O-O-1620-0 at yahoo.com. You're the definition of an apologist and a house Negro. Coons like yourself are the reason the black race is in the position we are in presently. I feel so sorry for the blacks in your county. They don't stand a chance against police misconduct. You, sir, are a grade A piece of And when you are laid to rest, I hope your soul burns in the bottom pits of hell. Here's another one. From Brian Yo 60, B-R-I-A-N-Y-O 60, the uh, numeral 60 at gmail.com. Sheriff, you are lame. You support the Texas Sheriff Department, huh? She had every right to tell that cop to go away. He had no lawful arrest protocol to yank that woman from her car. She had every right to tell him what she did to put your, put out your cigarette. She was in her personal property. No cop, I repeat, no cop, including you, can order a tax-paying citizen to put out a cigarette while sitting in their car. I think it's full of uh, typing errors. It's cops like you that make citizens like us want to shoot you. I, as a U.S. citizen, will not tolerate crap like this from you and all other law enforcement idiots like you, like you. That is the racism that I'm talking about. It's the only racism involved in this situation is that which is directed toward me, and it is black racism. Now, I get this stuff a lot. Uh, I take the ones where they mention shoot or kill seriously, and we do a, uh, a criminal investigation on that. I report it to the FBI. I let them handle it. Uh, we try to... Uh, chase these individuals down and hold them accountable for threatening the life of a law enforcement officer. Some of the other stuff, people just disagree. They want to call a few names, you know, life goes on. I'm from that generation where my mom and dad taught me sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. We've heard so much in the news about racism and we think that only whites can be racist. We don't think that that's what we're led to believe by the left, but it's simply not true. There is black racism. It's alive and well, and it's usually directed not only toward white people, but to black people as well. And I think it's a shame. You can disagree with me if you want, 
on any of this. I tell this to anybody, but it shouldn't have to denigrate into this kind of uh, nonsense, but it does. This is the world that we live in. But I want you to know, and you can take this to the bank, I will not be deterred, and I will not be intimidated. Thanks for joining me this week. See you next week, and God bless you. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. 